Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) You're in for a world of hurt when we have kids. Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Had another fantastic weekend. And once again, it's Monday. Yeah, that's how that goes. Weekend, then Monday. Yep. It's pretty, pretty typical. (laughs) I went up to Jersey City, which is not far from the Big Apple, but mostly just hung out in Jersey and had fun with my girlfriends. It was way fantastic. Lots of seafood, lots of sun. It's great. It's not far from... Uh, New York City, but also nowhere near as great as New York City. Okay, why don't you cool it down a little (laughs) bit? You just left me at home to do all kinds of yard work and home projects, so thanks. I'm sorry about that. Um, All I have to say is this trip has been planned for a while, and just because you like to plan yard work when your parents are available... That's true. Is not, not really not really your fault. It's not really my fault. But also, I'm so grateful to you and so grateful to your parents. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much for making my yard just stunning. It looks beautiful. You can always review us on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher. And we do have a new review on Stitcher, five stars from Ela and Tara. So hey Ela and Tara. We think maybe you guys have reviewed us before, but You know, we'll take some updated reviews anytime. Right. And I also will never forget their first review because um, Tara is uh, Hila's daughter and um, listens to the show every day of the week, especially when she was, at least when she was younger. That was in the the first review. That was quite a while ago. Right. Which we don't put out a podcast every day. So that just means she's listening to the same one over and over again. Which just warms our hearts. (laughs) <laughs> and you can always email us or tweet us. Our email is I tell my husband the news at usatoday.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Shannon Ray Green. And I'm at Dusty Terrell. Airports and the TSA are gearing up for the real ID deadline. You should be too. Are you telling me that I have a fake ID? <laughs> This was written by my colleague, Harriet Baskas. She writes, take a look at your driver's license. Go ahead. We'll wait while you fish it out of your wallet. I'm looking at it right now. If your driver's license doesn't have a star in the upper corner of the card, then your license is not Real ID compliant. What? 
And if you're planning to take a domestic commercial flight anytime after October 1st, 2020, you'll need to take action, make some decisions, or wait for your state to get its act together. Oh, I have plenty of time then. 2020, that's a whole, that's over a year away. Comes quick. So what is Real ID? The Real ID Act is legislation passed in 2005 in response to the 9-11 terrorist attacks that set new and higher minimum security standards for the driver's licenses and identification cards that will be accepted at airports, other federally regulated facilities, and nuclear power plants. Debates and pushback from some states over the impact of Real ID have created confusion and delayed the official rollout of the act's enforcement. But October 1st, 2020 is now considered the firm date for enforcement at commercial airports. Jeff Price is an aviation security expert with Leading Edge Strategies. He said, quote, the main pushback on Real ID is that it's too big brother. It's a move to make everyone in the U.S. have identification, which tends to upset those who enjoy life off the grid or don't like any more government intrusion into their lives than what is necessary, unquote. But Price notes nearly every state has come into compliance. He said, quote, and there hasn't been the big brother illegal shakedown issues that some people predicted, unquote. So how do you get a Real ID compliant license and when can you get it? Here's where things get tricky. I know how to do it. You said you just have to have a star in the uh, upper corner of your license. Fortunately for me, I always keep gold star stickers around. I'll just plop one of those up there. That'll, that should be fine, right? Um, that's not very real of you, Dusty. Mm, I not- know what you might be asking yourself, though, is why do I carry around gold star stickers oh, yeah. with me? Oh, yeah, I am asking that. It's because I like the uh, the validation that it gives. <laughs> like whenever I think I do a good job at work, I put a little gold star on it. Oh, man, you're such a millennial needing credit for everything. The Department of Homeland Security has been phasing in enforcement of the Real ID Act in an effort to give states time to become compliant with the rules and to begin issuing enhanced driver's licenses and ID cards in time for the October 1st, 2020 deadline. Most states are currently in compliance with the Real ID Act and are able to issue upgraded licenses and IDs. The DHS website has a map you can check to find the status of your state. Seven states, that's Oregon, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Maine, plus American Samoa, have been granted extensions with varying deadlines for meeting the rules. Some have until August 1, 2019, while others have until October 10, 2019. California's status regarding Real ID compliance is listed as under review with a much shorter deadline of May 24, 2019 for achieving compliance. So what does this all mean? If your current driver's license or ID card is from a compliant state, the Transportation Security Administration will accept it at airports until September 30, 2020. Starting October 1, 2020, though, licenses and IDs from these states will need to bear a star or special symbol that shows it has been upgraded to conform to the new minimum security standards. If your current license is from one of the seven states that has been given an extension or from California, then it is good until the date that the extension expires. After that, if the state isn't given another extension, it is possible that the TSA will require an additional or alternate form of ID, i.e. a passport, between the extension expiration date and September 30th, 2020. Come October 1st, 2020, though, licenses from these extension states will also need to have the star or symbol that shows it has been upgraded to meet the new minimum security standards. 
Signs about the Real ID deadline are going up now in airports across the country. October 1st, 2020 seems far off, but it is just a year and a half away. And there's sure to be continued confusion and delays in getting upgraded licenses and ID cards from state agencies. For that reason, the TSA, the DHS, airports, and travel agents are are urging travelers to renew their driver's licenses or state IDs early and to be sure to opt for the enhanced or compliant versions, which, we should warn you, require additional paperwork and may cost more than the four driving only or unenhanced versions in some states. Oh, paperwork. And did you hear that I said it may cost more? No. (laughs) Or you can decide if you are comfortable flying domestically with your passport, if you have one, only about 40% of Americans do, or with one of the other forms of approved identification on the TSA's list. Is one of the other forms of approved identification my Facebook profile? What do you think? What does your what does your smart brain tell you about I think that? Probably. No. Uh, and also your gold star is not gonna work at all. That's too bad. <laughs> I have a passport. Yeah, I was thinking that I might just use a passport, but it's just It's just an extra thing to travel with and potentially yeah. lose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna lose that. I mean I think we just have to go get it taken care of at the DMV. I'm just gonna let Virginia tell me that they're going to send me another one, and I'm going to hope for the best with that. I'm not sure that that's the process. Should be, though. Should be, though. If it's just something that everybody's got to do, just uh, send me a little email. You know where to find me, and uh, (laughs) I'll pay you some money, and you send me a new one in the mail, feels like. I hope the DMV is listening. I think this is a shining example of uh, something I would put a gold star on. This is a gold star podcast, Shannon. <laughs> where, where would you put it? Where would you? I put it on my phone every week. It's getting really hard to see the screen. <laughs> oh, man. Schools curb students' appetites for Grubhub and Uber Eats deliveries during the school day. This was written by my colleague John Wisely for the Detroit Free Press, which is part of the USA Today network. Instead of packing lunches, many high school students now pack their cell phones, ordering food delivered to their school with apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. The deliveries have become so frequent and disruptive that many schools have banned them. Pat Watson is the principal at West Bloomfield High School in West Bloomfield Township, Michigan. He said, quote, it was getting to the point where you'd have 8, 10, 15 deliveries a day. It's a building policy. You can't have food delivered during the school day, unquote. Other schools have done the same thing. School officials have addressed the issue in states from California to Florida. Diane Blaine is a spokeswoman for Chippewa Valley Schools in Maycomb County, Michigan, which is north of Detroit. She said, quote, we view it as a safety concern. Having strangers and people that we don't know coming to our buildings with delivery bags, we just don't allow it, unquote. Blaine said the district's Dakota High School banned the practice about three years ago, and its other high school, Chippewa Valley, followed suit. Some schools have policies explicitly prohibiting it. Others frown on it, but don't formally ban it. All of them say the practice has exploded with cell phone use and the proliferation of delivery services. High school students are the only ones who order food deliveries to school. That's according to Jeff Huter, assistant manager of the Jets Pizza, about a mile north of West Bloomfield High. 
He said that some students in elementary school will have pizza delivered for lunch. Yeah, I mean, it, it sure beats a carton of milk and some cafeteria pizza. Huter said, quote, the parents will call and say, my kid's lunch is at noon. Can you deliver a pizza to the office and maybe throw in a bottle of water? Unquote. At least they're getting, they're staying hydrated. <laughs> Parents typically pay with a credit card or through the Jets app on their phone. The delivery driver will bring plates and napkins if requested. Jets charges $3.50 for delivery compared with $4 for Grubhub. He said that his pizza place is across the street from a middle school and a prep school in addition to two nearby elementary schools. He said all of them are good for business. He also mentioned that teachers are known to order a pie for lunch as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say the the ban on this seems like it would hurt teachers more than students. Those poor teachers, they just want to have a pizza delivered to their teacher's lounge. But now now students have even ruined that for them. <sighs> poor things. They work really hard, too. Wouldn't it be nice for them to just be able to, to not have to run out and drive somewhere, go through the drive-thru? Not all of the schools in the same area address the delivery issue in the same manner. The Plymouth-Canton School District, just northeast of Ann Arbor, Michigan, which operates three high schools in one location, doesn't have a formal policy about food deliveries. But the building procedures don't allow it, said spokesman Nick Brandon. He said that the main reason for the ban is school safety, but there are other reasons as well. Brandon said, quote, the second that food enters the school office, it becomes the school office's responsibility, unquote. He added that it created concerns of food safety, foodborne illnesses, and allergic reactions. He said, quote, it's also a workload issue for office personnel. If they're having to manage multiple food orders at a given lunchtime with all the other things they have to be responsible for, that's a concern as well, unquote. Brandon said that the district works hard to provide healthy, good-tasting food in its cafeterias, and students are always free to brown bag it. The principal at West Bloomfield said deliveries aren't always on time. Tardy deliveries made for tardy students. Watson said, quote, it's supposed to be here at 12 and my lunch is done at 1230. Now it shows up at 1235. So now I haven't gotten to class, but now I've got my Panera and I go to class to eat in there, unquote. Watson said teachers object to kids eating class, but the students would complain it wasn't their fault that the delivery was late. Watson also has heard plenty of excuses for why an order was placed. Watson said, quote, kids say, oh, my mom forgot to put money on my lunch account. He said that one student claimed a cousin ordered it for him, not knowing it wasn't allowed. Watson said that claim seemed doubtful when the delivery driver knew the student's name. The school does allow deliveries to school after class ends, so students staying after school for a sport or other extracurricular activity can order all they want, he said. Watson said, quote, when I was in high school, we knew to pack two lunches, one for lunch and one for after school. I guess the new normal is you whip out your cell phone and order some food, unquote. Cell phones have become so pervasive in high schools that Watson has used them to his own advantage. When he wanted to remind kids of the no food orders during school hours policy, he sent it out in a tweet. Just goes to show that if your parents really love you, they'd take you to Panera the night before. (laughs) Give you leftovers for the next day. Do you think that the parents ever ask the the delivery and restaurant staff to write, like, love mom? Or like, I hope you have a great day, buddy. Maybe. <laughs> That's cute. So are these uh, children in this story, are they uh, millionaires? <sighs> because those service fees are outrageous. <laughs> I could not order Grubhub or Uber Eats every day. It seems like a... Like 
definitely like an emergency kind of situation. <laughs> You're in for a world of hurt when we have kids, I think. They're just going to be spending things and you're just going to be like, no, I said no. <laughs> I'm not going to give them any money. So if they <sighs> if they set up some sort of account for, with Uber and order a bunch of Uber Eats items, I guess they're just going to have to work it off somehow. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> And last today, we've got the lightning-fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Taylor Swift stuns fans in Nashville. Well, that's because Taylor Swift is stunning, Shannon. (laughs) Computer freezing? Seven tools for fixing windows. Hammer. (laughs) Avengers Endgame is Marvel's greatest hit set. I'm excited about seeing it. Watch as large polar bear gets a CT scan. Haven't we tortured these creatures enough? (laughs) Chick-fil-A cow delivers miracle meal to boy before his surgery. I hate to see how much that service fee was. (laughs) Oh man, Dusty. Giraffes one step closer to endangered species protection. Oh no. But giraffes are so cool. Yeah. Although it's a miracle they've survived this long. I mean, they're like all neck. Neck is a very <laughs> delicate part of your body. Yeah. And that's like all their body. <laughs> Once again, you know nothing about biology. <laughs> and here you are just I mean, making judgments about it. I don't know the statistics, but if I had to guess, humans with longer necks have a, I don't know, 85% higher chance of being <laughs> strangled. What? That's a ridiculous statement. It's so ridiculous I can hardly breathe. Like, (laughs) oh man, Dusty. Yikes. Destinations where tourists outnumber locals. Feels like that's here. (laughs) Next week on I Tell My Husband the News. Well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. (laughs) I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.